You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here Today is, uh, we have a lot to cover. I'm excited for today's show, a mix of Tennessee basketball and football. Signing day is only two days away for the early signing period. Tennessee had a busy recruiting weekend, and it looked like a pretty productive recruiting weekend. So I'm going to get to that in segment number two. I'm going to lead off today's show in segment number one with Tennessee basketball. The Vols get the win over Memphis. Things got chippy out there. Not sure the officials handled the game the best, and that's not one way or the other. I just think the overall game it was a uh it was there was a charged up atmosphere I think in the arena it's so good to see Tennessee and Memphis back playing basketball so uh, I'll get to that in segment number one you will hear from Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes you'll hear from Admiral Schofield as well as Penny Hardaway he said something after the game they got fans kind of heated on social media over the weekend I'll get to that in the first segment in the second segment Jesse Simonton of allquest.com will stop by Tennessee had a big recruiting weekend some Big names were in town. Did Tennessee do enough to get them to choose the Vols with a few guys having decisions to make coming up in two days? That's coming up in segment number two. And on Friday, one of Tennessee's linebackers announced he's headed to the NFL. I'll tell you about that coming up in the third segment of Locked on Vols. Your team every day, five days a week, talking about what's going on with Tennessee Athletics on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, the third-party apps as well. So Tennessee gets the win, 102-92, over Memphis on Saturday. It was another big game for Admiral Schofield. He is just playing at such an elite level. He had 29 points and 11 rebounds against Memphis. So that's 59 points combined in Admiral's last two games. 30 last week against Gonzaga, and then 29 on Saturday against Memphis. Grant Williams had another nice performance. 19 points, 6 of 11 shooting from the field. Another big note, Schofield and Williams were a combined 15 of 17 from the free throw line. Admiral hit all nine of his free throw attempts. Tennessee attempted 46 free throws. There were too many fouls called in the game, and that goes both ways. There were 35 fouls called on the Memphis Tigers. Tennessee had 22 fouls. So in the game, there were 57 foul calls. Again, Tennessee shot 46 free throw attempts. Memphis had 22, so uh, more than double for Tennessee. There were a lot of three-point attempts for Memphis. Same for Tennessee, though. Uh, 9 of 24 from behind the three-point line. Admiral and Grant, another big game. Jordan Bowden, I thought, a nice performance. 12 points, 5 rebounds off the bench. He hit 7 of 8 free throw attempts. And Bowden coming off the bench and playing well is so important for Tennessee. And also a reminder that we shouldn't make too big of a deal of what the starting lineup is. Bowden came off the bench. Eve Pond started. Bowden played 34 minutes, Pons played 11. You have 40 minutes to sort out your lineup, so who starts at the game is important. No doubt there's a reason a change was made to put Pons in the starting lineup a few weeks ago. But as the game goes along, you can see how players are playing, how lineups are working together, who's in foul trouble, who's not. Who's not. There are a lot of things that go into who will play, and then, of course, there is crunch time. And Jordan Bowden is going to be a crunch time player for Tennessee. So the Vols improved to 7-1 and one on the season. They put up more than 100 points against Memphis, give up 92, which I don't think Rick Barnes was all that happy about. Uh, too many offensive rebounds, he said after the game. And he's right, 18 offensive rebounds for Memphis. That is too many. Davenport came off the bench for Memphis and scored 31 points. He had eight offensive rebounds. 
Tennessee had 11 as a team. So that was something that Rick Barnes wasn't too happy about. You'll hear him talk about that coming up in just a moment. But before that, I think what got the most attention after the game was what Penny Hardaway said. Memphis's first-year coach, it was talking about the multiple technicals that were handed out, two on Memphis, one on Tennessee in the final minute of the game. At that point, you know who's going to win. It's going to be Tennessee. But here's what Penny Hardaway said in talking about what upset him and part of the explanation he received from the officials on why there were two technicals called on Memphis, one on Tennessee, which led to actually Jordan Bone shooting the two free throws. Here's Penny Hardaway. Alex is a kid that's not going to talk trash. So obviously Jordan Bone said something to him disrespectfully. And um, he protected himself by, you know, saying something back. And Jeremiah jumped in and said something to Jordan Bone and the referee tech Jeremiah. But I said the Tennessee entire team ran over to fight. You know, their entire team emptied the bench to run over. They weren't coming over because it was a timeout. You can visibly see guys with their fist ball talking trash to our guys or whatever. And it was almost like a standoff. And I was asking the referee, why were they able to come across the line into our area and not get a technical? We got one from Jeremiah. Okay, that's fine. But why don't they get a technical for leaving their bench to come over? He said it was a timeout. He never addressed them coming over and addressing our guys. He just said it was a timeout that they could come off the bench. Memphis coach Penny Hardaway. So when he says that Tennessee's players came over to fight and that they had their fist clenched, that upset Tennessee fans. And I get it. Penny's over the top, I think, in his reaction. I think what he's also trying to do is he's trying to instill a new mindset into a basketball program that is down. It's not the same thing, but it's similar to the position that Jeremy Pruitt is in with Tennessee's football program. He's trying to change the culture, trying to change the mindset. I don't think what Penny said was accurate after the game. I'm sure he doesn't care about that. Uh, And I get why it upset Tennessee fans. My reaction, though, was this is awesome. This is why Tennessee and Memphis need to play every year. This is the game itself. I mean, you saw the energy in that arena. It was a sold-out arena for a Memphis basketball team that right now is not very good. It's going to be a much more talented team next season. That's what John Martin from The Athletic was talking about on the show on Friday, and he's right. I mean, the number one recruit in the country at the time signed with Memphis. He was in the house on Saturday. It's going to be a more competitive game, I would think, moving forward. It, it, It never got out of hand on Saturday. Memphis was able to keep it within striking distance. Tennessee just never allowed Memphis to strike. But the animosity that's being shown on both sides and between fan bases on Tennessee's side and Memphis's side, that's why these two teams should be playing. These are two quality basketball programs. So I don't agree with what Penny said. I I think he was wrong there. I think he's trying to stand up for his guys and was probably a little bit over the top in doing that. I do wonder why there were two technicals on Memphis and only one on Tennessee, because Penny is correct that there were Tennessee players over on Memphis's side, but does it really matter in the end? I thought the funniest part was that Jordan Bone was actually the one shooting free throws when he was the one that was teed up on Tennessee's side. That's good for this series. Next year when Memphis comes to Knoxville, there is going to be a big buildup for that game and I can't wait to see what happens after the game you had Admiral Schofield who's a senior so he won't be playing next year of course but he's running around looking at the Memphis fans holding up Tennessee saying this is our state and he talked about the atmosphere that Tennessee was playing in and showing pride in Tennessee this is Admiral Schofield I take pride in my university just like the rest of these these guys on my team and our coaching staff and our program is very important to us because you know we 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 work very very hard um and we take pride in hard work at the University of Tennessee and to come in and 
like you said, traditional rivalry. We wanted to come in and make a statement for our university here on their floor, and I think we did that. So, um, you know, the crowd was, you know, chirping a little bit, so I just had to let them know, you know, UT. UT's still on top. Admiral Schofield. So, no harm, no foul. I guess there were technical fouls called, but nothing too much came of what happened there at the end. And I think for the series, it was great to see those two teams out there playing. How about Admiral Schofield, by the way? He is, he's already become one, but he is growing in his level of uh, the way fans view him. And he has a chance to leave behind a legacy that Admiral talked about before the season he wants to leave behind in Knoxville. Long way to go, and that's why I do want you to hear what Rick Barnes said before I wrap up this segment on Tennessee's basketball performance. Rick talked about some of the things that Tennessee needs to do, the growth that they need to show, but also how Tennessee responded this week. I thought early Tennessee came out and led 15-5 to at a timeout and hadn't missed a shot yet. That showed that Tennessee was mentally ready to go against Memphis after a huge win last Sunday. That that showed a lot, I think, of the maturity of Tennessee's basketball team. Listen to what Rick Barnes said about how Tennessee practiced early last week after that Gonzaga win. After the Gonzaga game, we had the best practice we've had in since Admiral's been here on yeah. Tuesday. Uh, we went in on uh, Sunday and scrubbed out the game with Gonzaga, but a day off getting ready for exams and had really uh, – I left the gym on Tuesday thinking, wow, you know, maybe we really have learned something here and had to take Wednesday off for exams. Thursday was okay. Uh, yesterday, our, our scout team did a great job helping us get ready. But it's December, and, and we've, we have to get better. I mean, we really do. And I, I know that – and it's not coach-speak, cliché. I mean, I, I look at it, I mean, like uh, we – I thought we lost our composure today. I mean, at one point in time when they were making a little push, I mean, Kyle Alexander works at shooting threes, but he can't shoot that three shot at the – in the second half from the wing. He's never shot from there in four years. Am I right? You're right. Never. I mean, so he, he picked a bad time to do that. And that's composure. That's understanding kind of what AD was alluding to. That's when we got to come down and we got to know how our bread's buttered and we got to play that way. And we didn't do that enough today. And uh, just kind of that last possession there when we lose the ball at half court, trying to dribble the ball behind your back and those type things. So it, you're right, it is December. And another major thing in December that you – and I've said this earlier, we've got to learn to play without fouling. Today, I guarantee you, we played more guys with two fouls in the first half than we've done maybe since 80s been here. But, but we had to do it because we're we're down a guard and uh, basically down two guards from a team a year ago. We were able to wear other teams down with pressure on the point guard. And, and uh, we can't do that right now the way we need to, but I thought that Jordan Bowden has done a really good job coming off the bench and, and uh, you know, ha- having to handle the ball in a role he did today. You know, Bone's first foul was a tough call. And uh, then the second one, I, I agreed with 100% because I think any time, you know, you're, you're taking away the cylinder from the defensive guy, but if offense extends his arm, it should be called. And uh, but so we've got a lot to learn uh, about how we can play without fouling. And uh, we've, again, way too many offensive rebounds. Tennessee basketball coach Rick Barnes. There will be more as the week goes along to take out of Tennessee's most recent win against Memphis. The Vols will be back in action at home on Wednesday against Samford. It'll be Tennessee's first home game in about two and a half weeks when the Vols play Wednesday, and then they'll host again Wake Forest Saturday, Tennessee Tech on the 29th, and then it's time for SEC play on January 5th. It's a fun time right now for Tennessee basketball fans. It's an important time for Tennessee football on the recruiting trail. Wednesday will be the early signing day. It's the first day of a three-day signing period. The Vols hosted several big-name prospects this past weekend. 
How did the weekend go for Tennessee? I'll discuss next with Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com right here on Locked On Vols. Your team every day. And if every day you're going home, you're watching TV, and you look at your channel lineup and you say, man, I have a lot of channels here I never watch. If you're sick of paying for 15, 20, 25 channels that you're never going to watch, you just want to watch college football, college basketball now, you can get ESPN, the Pac-12, SEC, and more with Sling TV for only $30 a month. And with Sling TV, they make it easy for you to stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. And with Sling TV, there are no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time, and you don't deal with those useless channels. So sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get the seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Try it out for yourself. Remember, you get a seven-day free trial and you can cancel at any time. Go to sling.com slash locked on. I want to welcome to the show Jesse Simonton of VolQuest.com. He's on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Give him a follow there. And it was a busy weekend for Tennessee on the recruiting trail with a number of big names, Jesse. So I appreciate the time. Why don't we kind of just start running through names there? And uh, one name that's very familiar to Tennessee fans, Quaveris Crouch. What's the latest there with the very talented athlete from North Carolina who is again showing what appears to be some sincere interest in the Vols? Yeah, the subscribers at Ballquest uh, kind of got some, some hint in terms of tea leaves on Tennessee's, I think, traction, renewed traction with, with Quavaris Crouch here earlier in the week. I had posted a 10 things thing that I said, hey, you know, don't count the balls out. Tennessee's set for the final in-home visit. Jeremy Pruitt, Brian Niedermeyer, Chris Rump, they went in home with Quavaris on Thursday. They locked down, um, which, again, we had kind of heard about. Uh, that they were they locked down getting him on campus for kind of a quiet visit this weekend, um, and the fact that Tennessee's going to get you know a, a fringe five star four star athlete can play outside linebacker, maybe some jumbo running back um, on campus the, the final time before he makes a decision whether that be Wednesday or whether he you know actually officially announces it um, at, at the All American game out in Texas. I think Tennessee did itself a lot of favors this weekend. I think Crouch has some people around him that, that, that feel like Tennessee is probably his quickest path to the field. Crouch is coming off a, a big injury. He still needs to kind of rehab that hip labrum uh, that caused him to miss the majority of his senior season. But, but I mean, you've seen the highlights, Josh. I mean, this is a guy that um, was a monster and helped lead his team, you know, a team that hadn't won really much of anything at Hardin University, um, you know, to a state title as a junior where, where he was kind of the do-everything guy as the running back, outside linebacker. And, and so this would be a big uh, big coup for Jeremy Pruitt if they're able to kind of steal him from Clemson, you know, a team that's been a perennial top five team in the playoffs the last several years, you know, kind of the 11th hour. We'll see where, where, where Crouch kind of ultimately lands in terms of positional fit, but I do think that Tennessee uh, made a really strong case this weekend. Yeah, and as you mentioned, could play on defense or offense and could be a running back option, but Tennessee had a couple of running backs on campus. Noah Kane, a, a highly touted guy out of – IMG Academy, who uh, decided to take, to take a trip this past weekend. What stood out in hearing him talk about his visit? And then the other guy I referenced there, Eric Gray, who has really trended toward Tennessee for several weeks now. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with Gray just because that's a big visit for Tennessee that, to get the four-star Lausanne uh, product back on campus. He, he was penciled in to take an official visit to, to Texas A&M this weekend. He canceled that, came to Tennessee unofficially again the second time in three weeks that he's done that. 
um, you, you know, I think Tennessee's really trending there, and I think they, they're in a good spot for the for, for the four-star Memphis native. He's going to actually announce his decision on Thursday, not Wednesday, so day two of the early signing day. Um, but that would be a, a big, you know, playmaker to kind of add to this 2019 class. We'll see on Noah Kane. You know, he did kind of give us some interesting comments following his visit um, on Sunday. You know, he said he loved where the direction of the program is headed. Um, he, he gave kind of an eye-opening quote. You know, they may have the best O-line in the country coming in. He specifically named Darnell Wright, who is not a commit yet, Wandy Morris, the five-star, Chris Perogane, who was his teammate at IMG. Melvin McBride was also in town. Um, we'll see about Noah Kane. He, he's kind of interesting. He's taking a lot of visits uh in, in this fall georgia texas i think we're trending early on i'm not sure he kind of has a spot there right now penn state is the heavy favorite um but he admitted that his parents and his mom especially really love to visit to tennessee this weekend um so he's going to go back to img take his finals today uh and actually head home to texas for two days where he's going to make his decision on wednesday he's an early enrollee so this is this is one that's coming up quickly um, we'll see if Tennessee was able to kind of swing big enough. They obviously uh, went for it this weekend with both those four-star tailbacks. Um, I think they're obviously in a much better position for Eric Gray versus Noah Kane, but I wouldn't count out Noah Kane just yet. Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com. And to get back to one of the big names you mentioned there, Darnell Wright, uh, an offensive lineman. I guess it's notable that instead of taking a visit to Georgia this past weekend, he canceled those plans to – take another visit over to Knoxville to be around a lot of those Tennessee committed players. What, what do you make of, of maybe that? And then just overall Tennessee standing now with Darnell Wright from Huntington, West Virginia. I, honestly, Josh, I think that was a big deal for this whole weekend where, you know, I, I tweeted out a picture yesterday. You can go, you can go check it out where it was pretty much, you, you could almost say the foundational offense theoretically of Tennessee uh, in the future where it had the quarterback in Brian Maurer. You had your two tight ends who've been solid in Sean Brown uh, and Jackson Lowe. The running backs in Eric Gray and Noah Kane were pictured. You had your one wide receiver in Ramel Keaton. Um, and then it was all these offensive linemen. It was Ock Perogane. It was Wanya Morris. It was Melvin McBride. And then it was the big guy, Darnell Wright. I mean, Tennessee's been trending heavily there uh, for a while, Josh. You know, that's been no secret. We've talked about it multiple times. Um, the fact that he canceled his visit to Georgia, I mean, if he doesn't sign on Wednesday, which is not expected, he likely will stay, t- still take an official visit to Athens uh, probably January 17th. But Tennessee's going to get that final visit, and I think in the end his relationship with Brian Niedermeyer and Will Friend and kind of connection he has, and, and that's why I think you can't discount pictures like that. I'm not one I'm not one that's big on kind of the social media and the Twitter, you know, taking reactions on that. A lot of these guys like to just have a lot of fun. But I think the fact that these guys were all together this past weekend at Tennessee, I think that was a big deal for Kravaris Crouch, and I think it's a big deal for Darnell Wright. Those two guys have kind of behind the scenes talked about, you know, an interest in playing together. Uh, their best option to do that is, frankly, only Tennessee. And so I think that kind of speaks volumes about where Tennessee's potentially positioned for both guys. And then Jesse, uh, wide receiver Jalen Ellis, what do you think he's thinking? Uh, he's been committed to Baylor, but he's also been very open looking at Tennessee and other schools. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot to say about his visit afterwards. We have a story up at ballquest.com, just like with Noah Kane and, and some of the other guys that visited this weekend. 
Ellis was pretty frank that, you know, he knows he's wanted. He, he said the visit, you know, certainly uh, could shake things up in terms of his recruitment. Um, I, I, I'm kind of curious to kind of do a little bit more intel and dig in there with Jalen. I do think that he really likes Tennessee. I think he understands the, the team's need for speed. He said both the staff and Marquez Callaway uh, kind of expressed that we don't have a guy like you. He's got some wiggle. He's got some jets. Um, he's a guy that you can kind of move around a little bit. I just kind of wonder how much is distance going to be a factor. You know, he, he's he's about an hour away from home uh, at Baylor. He does plan to make a final decision in, in, in a couple weeks. So I think, you know, he's got some some thinking to do. Uh, we'll see. I do think that Tennessee, you know, also did make a play uh, in terms of another receiver that's committed elsewhere on campus this weekend was Javante Payton. You know, he kind of was another guy that made kind of a quiet visit, wasn't out there. We, we put it out on BallQuest that, you know, he, he was coming in this weekend after an all-important in-home visit with the staff on Friday. Uh, he's committed to Mississippi State. He's a former in-state guy, played high school football at Hillsborough. Tennessee likes his speed as well. He, he's a legit 4-4, 4-4-5 guy, a little bit longer than Jalen Ellis. But, you know, I, I think Tennessee's going to take, hey, the first receiver that wants in the boat will take you, and if they have room for another one, uh, then so be it. Jesse, Nick Figueroa, any thoughts there? And anything else that I missed asking you about that uh, we should leave with before I let you go? Yeah, Figueroa was really interesting, kind of catching up with him and his family on, on Sunday afternoon. You know, he, he's a guy that he, he he all but admitted, I think, he was really leaning hard towards staying out uh, in California. He's a junior college defensive end. He has three years to play three. Um, it plays his college football at JUCO out in Southern California. That's where he's from. That's home getting that USC offer was big. And I think, you know, he said he, he pretty much had his decision made before he made this trip. And, and now um, he said he doesn't have that decision made anymore. We'll see how much distance is a factor there. He, he was a pretty mature kid in terms of the way um, his outlook on it. He's, he's new to the game. Nick's raw. I mean, he, he's played one year of high school football, um, former big time baseball player, kind of caught the football bug uh, as a senior ended up going to Cal Polytech for a year, didn't really fit there, went to junior college. Um, and now, you know, I mean, he's got great options. He can either stay out west and play at USC or UCLA for Chip Kelly uh, or come to the SEC and play for Jeremy Pruitt. So uh, that one's kind of up in the air. I think, you know, the next, the next 48, 72 hours, uh, 42, 72 hours are, are going to kind of play on, on what, how that decision unfolds. Check out the work, VolQuest.com. As you can tell, they've put a lot of work into the site from the visitors over this past weekend. Follow Jesse on Twitter, at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, great information. Thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Josh. You are listening to Locked on Vols. Coming up in just a moment, one of Tennessee's linebackers announces he's headed to the NFL. That's coming up in the final segment. I do want to remind you, if you have time to rate and review the show on iTunes, that's a big help. If you ever want to send any questions or comments to the show, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. The show has an account as well, I should tell you about. It's at on underscore Vols. Give it a follow as well. So reach out anytime and I'll work some questions in from listeners a little bit later in the week on the show. So on Friday afternoon, Corte Sapp announced he is headed to the NFL. I don't think Sapp had the season he hoped to this past fall. There was the situation after the Florida game where Jeremy Pruitt said that Sapp refused to go in the game. So he left the sideline. He, of course, remained with the team all season long. 
what exactly happened there, why the situation occurred. I don't think we're ever really going to find out. I don't know that it's going to be talked about publicly, but I always enjoyed talking to Corte Sapp when he was at Tennessee. Didn't get to talk to him that much, but uh, I thought he was a high character guy. He graduated this past semester, which if you see him on social media, uh, you can tell that's a big deal to him and to his family, and he should be congratulated on that. Sapp tore his ACL in the 2016 season in that Ohio game when both Jalen Reeves-Maben and Cam Sutton were injured. That was a tough day for Tennessee and for Sapp. He had to battle back from that injury, played undersized in 2017, and didn't appear to to fit in for whatever reason this past fall. I actually thought that there was a really good chance that Corte would transfer somewhere else and play out his senior year elsewhere next year. But instead, he's going to take a shot at the pros. And if you think about it, he has his degree. And if he's going to keep playing football, maybe take a shot at making some money playing football. So we'll see what happens. That leaves somewhat of a void there at the inside linebacker position. Again, I don't think it's a surprise to Tennessee's coaching staff that he's leaving. So they were already probably planning for next year without him. But that'll be a position group to look at here, uh, I'd say very soon, over the next few weeks, maybe after signing day on Wednesday, to get a, a gauge of where Tennessee is at that position because Tennessee will play next year without Corte Sapp. And there will probably be more attrition with the roster. There will still probably be other players who decide to transfer and go somewhere else and they might be deciding that sometime soon as Mark Will Osborne announced that he's headed to Charlotte and quarterback Will McBride is headed to junior college to find another place to play starting in 2020. That is going to do it for Locked on Vols today. I really appreciate you being here. It's a fun time covering Tennessee basketball. It's a busy time with Tennessee football. We are two days away. I'll have more recruiting talk tomorrow and more to take out of Tennessee's win over Memphis coming up on tomorrow's show. Locked on Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow.